0: The following is Voices of Experience radio show and podcast. No promotional fees are paid by authors or other guests who appear on the show. If you have comments or suggestions, call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166.
1: Welcome to Voices of Experience on Kixie AM 880 and on KKNW 1150 AM. My name is Paul Casey, your host, and uh, we have a very interesting show. A lot of it has developed in the last 24 hours. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, I want to let you know we've been promoting this week Jack Cavanaugh, and he was an author of a book called Always Ireland. We pre-recorded that. We'll move that to next week because we're going to have a special guest, which I'm going to ask Eric uh, Crema to talk about in just a moment. But I wanted to talk about our first guest coming up and his name is Ron Bailey and he's the founder of the Moisture Festival. And uh, for those of you who may not have heard of the Moisture Festival, it's kind of a vaudeville type act, trapeze act, flying uh, people in the air. It's an amazing type of show that's been going on in Seattle for 17 years. And uh, it's going to take place at the uh, Broadway Performance Hall in Seattle's Capitol Hill. And uh, we're going to have tickets to give away on that, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, we also have another very special guest and uh, today. And, Eric, why don't you uh, tell us about who's coming up uh, live in about, uh, what, at uh,
2: 3.30? At 3.30, we sure hope she can call in. We have Marie Osmond. She's going to be in this area to, for a concert on Saturday and uh, we were able to score an interview, so really looking forward to this. Um, a lot of us know that name. She's a worldwide star. Um, however, as you learn more and more about her background, her achievements, her accolades, it's amazing what this woman has done in her career and in her lifetime. She's a multi, multiple gold and platinum selling artist. She is a CMA, Country Music Awards winner uh she's garnered no, no, numerous billboard chart-topping singles and albums and, and even has 3 New York Times best-selling books so fascinating person and uh really a true talent so i'm looking forward to just hearing in her own words what it's like to tour the world and uh entertain audiences
1: and she's really made the big time because she's going to be on our show today that's right you know okay so eight eight back that's great no career. i mean when you told me about her yesterday i mean i certainly knew about donna marie osmond way back but i had no idea the extensive history she has and uh, so many accomplishments so we're we're gonna look forward to having that on
2: yeah for sure so we'll get into that in a little bit here and uh i look forward to to your uh your interview coming up here shortly
1: yeah and also you're going to be uh interviewing uh well about Bartel drugs and they have a Kind of a thing with pets yeah, going on yeah, and what they're doing. Pet
2: Supply Drive. It's called Bark Tells. And uh, I have a uh, a person uh, that I'm interviewing that is involved in that. And uh, we're going to learn all about who does it benefit, what, what types of animals, and and what's the time frame. So if you love animals, definitely tune in for that interview. It'll be toward the end of the show. And, again, it's all about Bark Tells. I love that
1: name. Cool. And uh, Voices in History Today, 70 years ago, yesterday, rock and roll was born. I had no idea. It happened in Cleveland. Now, maybe that's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. There you go. Like so many things that occurred, it all happened by accident. Pretty incredible story. The Timeless Classics today going to have a band that hailed from Liverpool and lost their career in America on the Ed Sullivan Show. Ed Sullivan show. And by the way, it's not the Beatles. So uh, anyhow, we're going to get going in just a moment. But if you just turned into Voices of Experience for the first time, we talk to people with experience in their fields. The strong belief is everybody has a story. And uh, we talk to people in public affairs, travel, entertainment like today, fitness, education, with an emphasis on entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. And uh the voices of experience message center is four two five six five three one one six six. I suggest you write that number down because we're going to be giving out tickets for the uh moisture festival and the show coming up with uh coming up in Everett with uh, actually, Marie Osmond. actually
2: actually muckle shoot uh oh, was'
1: screwed. Excuse, excuse me it's a muckle shoot yep with excuse with Marie
2: Osman. That. And we'll give you details on that, but definitely, as you say, you're going to want to jot down that number, 425-653-1166, and we'll give you details, what, toward the end of the show there, Paul?
1: You got it. Well, we'll do it throughout the show. Why not? Sounds good. Because we want to get people to these shows coming up, 425-653-1166. Ron Bailey, founder of the Moisture Festival, in just a moment. I have been talking about the Seattle Moisture Festival for several years now on this show. It's a fabulous local event that has been going on for 17 years. Now, it starts tomorrow, March 23rd, and runs through April 16th. Hales Palladium Theater in Fremont hosted the Moisture Festival for 17 years, but this year it will be staged at the Broadway Performance Hall on Seattle's Capitol Hill. I spoke with the founder of the Moisture Festival, Ron Bailey. We're talking about the Moisture Festival. It's around the corner. It begins, what, on March 23rd and runs through April 16th. I'll take this directly from your website. Aerialists, jugglers, magicians, comedians, dancers, bubble clowns, can-can girls, (laughs) strong women, strong men, tap dancers, drill teams, musicians, and burlesque, all thrown in, and I haven't covered all of it. But I'm teeing you up now. Could you elaborate on what to expect coming up uh again beginning march twenty third
3: Well, actually, everything that that you read off there is true, and um the the festival is in the truest sense a variety festival, and we try to show a little bit of everything as a result. We've attracted some very entertaining and very unusual acts every year. And uh, because the Seattle audiences are so fun, we have a lot of performers who are anxious to return every year. And we have a bunch of new people coming for the first time this year. So it's exciting.
1: So let's get into that in just a moment, the new people coming. You look at the scope of where they come from. These actors, performers, they come from throughout the world.
3: Right. Very early on, one of the people who helped us create the festival is a, a German clown from Berlin named Hockey Ginda and he's returning this year. He was all set up to come pre-pandemic that uh, postponed the festival for a couple of years there, but now he and his son are coming over. A uh, performer from Ukraine, we have, it's just a great uh, little assortment of acts coming into town for this thing. Great performers from Los Angeles and, and from Seattle.
1: Let's talk about that in terms of your move to Broadway performance hall. On Capitol Hill. This is the first year it's going to be there. You were in Hales Brewery for in Fremont for, what, 17 years? Yes.
3: Hales sold the the brewery, closed down, and then the building sold. And so uh, we had to find another place to do the festival. And we had been doing our Liberties for shows at Broadway Performance Hall, which is part of uh, Seattle Central. And they really enjoyed working with the festival. We, just, we built a very good relationship there. And it's a beautiful little theater right there on Capitol Hill on Broadway. The manager there said, why don't you just do the whole festival here? And that was an offer. Too good to refuse. And so we're doing three weeks of variety shows and one week of our Liberties burlesque shows there this year.
1: Describe uh, the Broadway Performance Hall. What's it like? I'm not sure I've been in there.
3: Well, it's a beautiful little theater. has uh, about the same capacity as, as Hale's Palladium had, which is 300 seats. You know, the seats are raked, so everybody can see. As far as everyone having a good seat in the theater, Broadway Performance Hall is kind of an upgrade from uh, Hale's Palladium. Although we'll always miss Hale's Palladium, but here we are on Capitol Hill this year.
1: My perception, Ron, is that the Moisture Festival is stronger than ever. You came through COVID like everybody else, but it seems to me that things are in place right now that you have tremendous momentum going for you. I remember when I used to talk to you even four or five years ago, I would say, hey, this is the greatest show that you probably haven't heard of. I don't think that's true anymore. I do think the word is getting out, and you're doing very well. You have uh, some really good people working with you, and it just seems to me it's got tremendous momentum.
3: Well, you know, we've we've been very careful to sort of build slowly but surely and just building a good core team. And then the whole thing really still depends on volunteers helping us out to put on the shows, help feed the artists, and stagehands. And all of these um, positions are filled with volunteers and so really part of our main mission is to make it fun for everybody who's involved in the festival. There's so many wonderful performers. We have uh, some of the best clowns in the world. I'm talking about very funny clowns. Hockey is one of them. Ogner the Eccentric is another one. We have a fella coming in called Zip Code Man who gets on stage and anyone in the audience can give him their zip code. And he'll tell you everything about the town, where you came from. He's one of these mind-reading guys. We have quick-change artists. Within two seconds, they change their costume and come up with something totally outrageous. We have break, a break dance crew from Seattle called the Outshine Boys. We have magicians, some famous magicians who work all over the world, but and but they love coming to the festival mainly because of the audiences is so good. Like Magical Mystical Michael is from Austin, Texas. John Carney's from L.A., a star from the the Magic Castle in Los Angeles. We have Michael Rayner, who's getting sort of. Famous in the underground world of performing because he juggles a um, he juggles hamburgers on an umbrella. As you know, it's like it's almost like the most outrageous things that you would never expect. That's what you'll see in a, in an hour and a half show.
1: Yeah, it sounds silly, but it's also remarkable. It's kind of <laughs> jaw dropping sometimes. And going, okay, am I really here watching this? And then you go, yes, and it's hysterical
3: from the beginning of the festival. We've made it. A family-friendly festival. In other words, one of the things I find thrilling is that mom and dad are there with their kids, grandma and grandpa can be there too, and everyone's laughing at the same thing. Just seeing a whole family enjoying something together, enjoying a room full of laughter, it's just not something you see every day. It's different than a regular theater production because you're encouraged to be loud, you're encouraged to laugh loud and have fun together. Families being welcomed at this event are really what's kept it going over the years. I mean, we do have some late-night shows that are 18-plus for older people who want to get a little more outrageous. And our Liberties Burlesque shows are 18-plus, and they're a lot of fun. So it's that real variety that, that that keeps it alive and, and so active. Could you
1: walk us through, let's say someone's never come to this, they're thinking about it, okay, this performance starts at 7.30, it's on Broadway, where do they park, refreshments, all that, when does the show begin, and when does it end? You said an hour and a half show, but just walk us through what someone could expect.
3: Well, you know, you can do the light rail is right there on, on Broadway, which is very close to uh, the theater. And then, of course, parking is always a little bit of a uh, challenge in Seattle, but there is, there is a, a parking garage behind the theater. You walk up to the theater, get your ticket, come upstairs, there's refreshments. Of course, there's always festival merchandise. And then uh, every show has uh, a live show band, which also adds to the fun, and each week has a different show band, and each week of the festival has different acts. Each act only uh, is allowed a maximum of like 10 minutes for their routine. So, what they end up doing is honing down their routine to the best parts of the routine. And then we have an MC that introduces each act, each half. There's an intermission in these shows. So, it's a very kind of rapid fire. How did it get its name? You're creating a variety festival, and then what do you call it? That, of course, is a challenging thing. And and since it is a comedy variety festival, we came up with the name Moisture Festival, thinking that nowhere else in the world would have a festival with that name. And that has held true over the years. And we also chose very early on to do it in the springtime because, you know, it's summertime in Seattle, Is jam-packed with stuff because everyone's waiting for summer. And so we opted to go for the springtime when, of course, there's going to be rain outside. And rather than complain about the rain, we sort of embraced the notion that, yes, this is the Northwest. There's going to be moisture, and we're going to celebrate it. One of the founders is uh, Tim First, who was with the Flying Karamazov Brothers, who toured the world doing juggling shows and of course met many, many great variety artists. And then myself and Haki uh, Ginda, who is, is from Berlin, they they have variety shows over there as a regular form of entertainment in in Berlin and other parts of Germany. And we just loved that these variety acts are so out there, so absurd and so fun. There are still people who are creating fantastic uh, entertainment with the weirdest talents. And so it's not like a nostalgic. It's like these artists are working now. We thought, let's gather them all together, let them hang out together, and then they end up having fun. And then that translates to a wonderful experience for the audiences. So it's a hard thing to describe. But when you come to a show and you see this crazy mixture of performance, then you'll begin to understand why we wanted to do a variety festival.
1: That's Ron Bailey, founder of the Moisture Festival. The festival, again, opens up tomorrow, but I think it's sold out. The good news is that it runs through April 16th at the Broadway Performance Hall on Seattle's Capitol Hill. If you want to find out more about the festival, they have a great website. Or to get tickets, just visit moisturefestival.org. I can guarantee that if you go to the Moisture Festival, you will enjoy it. Visit moisturefestival.org. You
4: just received some startling news. You're going to need brain surgery. But the doctor also says your prospects for total recovery are excellent. The doctor is very confident with his prognosis. He's performed hundreds of similar surgeries during his career. Who would you choose? This doctor or another doctor who's never performed this type of surgery? If the doctor who's performed similar surgeries is your choice, then experience is important to you. That's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. Topics explored including public affairs, self-employment, travel, health and fitness, history, and adventure.
1: Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is
4: simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 PM. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 AM. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to Voices of Experience. It was a very fascinating interview with Ron Bailey. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did doing it last year. We did give some tickets out for the Moisture Festival. We had feedback and everybody loved it. And I'm going to give some tickets out again today. Uh, four tickets are available. Complimentary on Friday, March 24th show. Just in a couple of days, the 10.30 p.m. show. Four tickets And then there's uh, tickets available, again, four tickets for the Wednesday, March 29th show at 7.30 p.m. And again, it's at the Performance Hall on Seattle's Capitol Hill. And uh, what you need to do is call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166, 425-653-1166. Leave your name and phone number. And again, we're going to make it simple. Just the first callers are going to get the tickets and uh, we'll get the tickets to you on we'll call the day of the performances. But again, leave your name, full name and phone number so we can get back to you. Once again, that phone number is 425-653-1166. Did I get all that right? If you were out there, Eric, would you say, <laughs> hey, Yeah. Did I still have a question on what I should do?
2: Yeah, no, that sounds... Perfectly logical, and you know when you when you give your name, just go ahead and spell it out. Um, yeah, that helps, okay. and because we'll invariably be sending an email to the will call, and we want to make sure that when you get there, those tickets are waiting. If yes, you're the winner,
1: because sometimes that always can have a glitch if we don't make it clear. But uh one more time, four two five six five three one one six six, and that again is the Moisture Festival. So how about we transition into voices in history? sounds good does that work for you yeah all right we'll do that all right so let's start with March 21st 1952 so that would be uh just what 70 years ago yesterday and I'm claiming with a little bit of um taking the liberal license here but I think that's the day that rock and roll began and now let me explain it was a chilly Friday night outside Cleveland Arena no one had ever heard of a rock and roll concert whatsoever no one had mentioned the mm. name The event was called the Moondog Coronation Ball. Now, Moondog was a disc jockey for a Cleveland radio station, WJW. His name was Alan Freed. Now, there was a Cleveland record store owner named Leo Mintz, and he saw growing popularity among young customers of all races of rhythm and blues records by black musicians. Mintz decided to sponsor three hours of late-night programming, on WJW, which Alan Freed hosted. Freed used the phrase rock and roll to describe the upcoming dance that he was promoting. Now, Minson Freed did something that never had been done before, hold a live dance and concert uh, together and featuring the artists whose records were appearing on the show. Now, we know that happens all the time now, just like what we're talking about today. However, that was the first time that was ever done. However, tickets were sold for the big event and there was massive ticket counterfeiting and overbooking on the part of event sponsors. An estimated crowd of 20,000 fans turned out for the event. The capacity of the arena was less than 10,000. The massive overflow crowd broke through the gates and police quickly moved in to stop the show almost as soon as it began. The very next evening, Alan Freed offered an apology and said, Quote, if anyone had told us 20,000 people would try to get into this concert and dance, I suppose you would have been just like me. You would have laughed and said they were crazy. But the term rock and roll was born.
2: Isn't that amazing? And I do know that the DJs of those years were really like superstars. They were where you went to be discovered. They were the ones flipping the records that were actually Making overnight successes. Pretty amazing time to be alive.
1: Absolutely. On March 22nd, 1893, that would be uh, today in 1893, the first women's college basketball game was played at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts. The sophomore class team beat the freshman team five to four. Men were not permitted inside the gym at the all women's college. The winning team earned a golden white banner now on kind of a uh not kind of kind of a tragic note on march 22nd 2014 a tragedy literally did hit home here 43 people died when a portion of a hill suddenly collapses and buries a neighborhood in the small community of oso washington i think we all remember that well yes it was one of the deadliest mudslides in u.s history 49 homes were destroyed And uh,
2: the only thing I can't believe there is it's been that long. It seems like that has happened sooner. It was such a big event.
0: Yeah. So that's nine years ago. You're right.
1: That is, that's uh, stunningly shocking. I would have said, somebody said, when do you think that happened? I would have said six years ago or something. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and how about this one? On March 22nd, 1933, President Franklin Roosevelt ends prohibition by legalizing the sale of beer and wine. No wonder he went on to win four terms. (laughs) So that's what we have today for voices in history. So, Hey, Eric, why don't you tell us more about uh, Marie Osmond and and her background coming up? Uh, Hopefully we'll hear from her in just a few moments.
2: Yeah, for sure. So she's going to be up here at the Muckleshoot events center Saturday, this Saturday at eight o'clock for a concert, uh, doors open about an hour prior. And, uh, This is a a, a wonderful person to have come up here. Uh, I I want to find out if this is her first time up in the Northwest. I imagine with her background of singing and acting and concerts that perhaps she has been here before. If she has, I'm curious, you know, just get her impressions of the Northwest. It's such a unique area and see if she has any stories to tell. Um, She's worked with so many legendary names that, you know, maybe we'll glean something there. Uh, of her own personal experiences. Just the interesting fact of having a variety show back when they were huge. Uh, in the 70s, it seemed like every major network had a variety show, things like the Carol Burnett Show and Laugh-In and so on. That you know, the Donnie and Marie show, I remember distinctly, about 10 years old, watching that with the family. It was one of those shows that the entire family could kind of watch and it, was, uh, it would be interesting to go back and watch it again, you know, to see if it, what do they say, holds water, you know, to see if uh, it, it still holds up. Um, but it does give me fond memories. But just looking at her her background, I kind of went through the Wikipedia of her life, if you will, and it's just amazing what she's accomplished. It goes beyond just singing, but also things like charity work. She's a co-founder of the Children's Miracle Network, for instance. And uh, they have raised over $8 billion with a B dollars for children in hospitals. That's amazing. Um, so she's a co-founder of that. The fact that she's a, um, an award-winning uh, author uh, with three New York Times bestsellers under her belt, that's just incredible. Um, and then you take into account just all the music, the CMA award that she won, The fact that uh, she and uh, her brother did so much together, but then she had her own career as an individual. Just a fascinating person. And uh, I guess on an anecdotal or funny way for me, uh, Paul, was after I get done, I'm thinking, geez, what have I done with my life? i got to speed things up. (laughs) But uh, anyway, we're looking forward to uh, her calling in. Hopefully any minute we can talk to her on that. We get about 10 minutes with her and uh, a chance for us to ask um, some some questions about her life. And, and again, her impressions of what it's like to perform to just thousands and thousands of people uh, around the world. Uh, and and how do you stay up for it day in and day out? Uh, this is kind of the questions I want to ask her. Is, uh, and again, when is she coming here? Uh, should be any minute. Like I said, uh, sh- her time to call in is right about now. But you know, well, no,
1: I was I was wondering about oh, when coming she's to the uh, the concert.
2: Yeah, the concert itself is Saturday, this Saturday, March twenty fifth, eight o'clock at the Muckleshoot Event Center. If you just go to their website, um, you can learn all kinds of things about her on that on the page about that particular concert, and that's real simple. It's just muckleshootcasino.com. dot com. Check out muckleshootcasino.com, dot com, and. Um, you can learn about all the events that are coming to to the event center. There, we've had some chances in the past, Paul, to talk to uh, artists that have g- going there and other places around here, and it's always fun uh, when we get a chance to do this. Uh, of course, they're extremely busy when they come to a, a market like this because they, you know, there's a lot of media outlets that want to talk to them. So it's one of those things where you sort of drop everything or shift things around and. And boom, there you are. I'm going to see if I can. Well, that's when we saw Johnny up, right? Mathis. That's right. right. That was a muckle right. suit.
1: Mm-hmm. And I remember that venue was really quite good. Um, my wife Marty was not a real fan of Johnny Mathis. I took her once to the Paramount, and she said that having because I was I was a fan, of course. But she he she said that that venue was much better than the Paramount. Love it. So
0: we,
2: we've got Marie Osmond on the line. Beautiful. There we go. Right on time. Hello. Hello. How are you?
0: Well, hello. Who is this? Is Th- this Eric?
2: This is Eric, and I also have with me Paul, Paul Casey. And
0: Hi, Paul. How are you?
2: Hi, Marie. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much. Good to be here.
2: Yeah, welcome to the Northwest. We were just chatting sort of during a break, wondering if this is your first time to the Northwest or if you've been up here before.
0: No, this is my sixth decade
2: performance. <laughs> okay,
0: so
2: <laughs> you're very familiar. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. I just finished. A, I'm only really doing weekends at this point, point. and I did one last weekend uh, up in uh, Palm Springs. A bunch of my friends came uh, from LA, producers and people like that, and it's a really fun show. They loved it. They said they think it's my best show, so that made me feel good.
2: <laughs> well, you have to have probably the the thickest day planner in in all of humanity. Um, when I look at all <laughs> the things that you do and have done, it's amazing. I was just saying how I need to step my own game up here and get busy. But, uh, no,
0: can, you just need to start <laughs> at three years old.
2: Yeah. Well, let's go back there. That was actually my first question. What is your earliest memory?
0: Well, I think the of performing, it would be definitely uh, going in for the fitting. I actually have the dress framed. I was three years old. Uh, I had a fitting, and my dad lifting me up on the stage in this Mint-colored feather dress with gloves to go perform with Andy Williams, and I was introduced as the youngest Osmond brother. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> I'm the only girl. I don't have any sisters. Yeah, so.
2: yeah I, Wow, that's 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 amazing. You're able to remember back that far, and what a memory! I
0: do. I, I remember not the whole thing, but I remember the dress. I remember. Lifting me up, and I remember the red camera lights. Wow. That's what I remember.
2: The shades of things to come. And here and here you right. are now, just with this wonderful career. Um, hey, Eric, look, I had a quick question. Yes, sure. I wanted to ahead, follow
1: Paul. up on that. And that is, uh, Marie, it seems like so many childhood actors and entertainers struggle in life. But that doesn't seem to happen to you at all. What is your secret?
0: Oh, you're so sweet. You know what? Everybody has their their challenges. I think a lot of people think that I'm naive. You know, you can't grow up in this business and be naive. But I had great parents, and, uh, and I have a great faith in God. I think that really helped me, too, uh, as far as, you know, not drinking and smoking and drugs and things like that. Most of my friends growing up, they're not here, or, or they're not here mentally. Do you know what I mean? And sure. so um, I, I think I was blessed to have great parents and a very strong work ethic,
2: would you say that you put more pressure on yourself than maybe outsiders when it comes to um, your work ethic? I
0: think that I've always been the kind of person that um, – and this is Paul, right? This is Eric. Oh, this is Eric. And so I think, Eric, that I, I was the kind of person that I couldn't believe in something unless I really did. I'm just that kind of person. And so uh, I, I just got real serious about things at a young age to go, is this truth? Is this what I want to do? I mean, I put in, I, I worked hard. You know, we put in, like, for example, of Donnie Marie shows. Uh, I had my first number one record. I recorded it at 12 and a half and did Donnie Marie shows by the time I was, you know, 15. So I grew up very quickly mm-hmm. and worked, you know, 15 to 18 hour days. So, you know, a lot of times i joke around and say I didn't have time to get in trouble.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I distinctly remember, uh, i come from a fairly large family like yourself, and I remember us all watching the Donnie Marie show in the seventies. And um, now there was a lot of uh, infighting in our family, but uh, I was curious with you and Donnie, was there, uh, you know, was there a lot of sibling rivalry when it came to that show?
0: Well, I don't think sibling rivalry, but you know, like every family, yes, you definitely have, have your, your opinions. And, uh, but you know, we, I think we work very well together and, Um, It was different. It wasn't like two guys competing. It was a a sister and a brother, which was a a unique situation. And I told Donnie uh, the other day, I said, you know, out of all the entertainers, I think there's only one other brother and sister act, and that was the Carpenters. And I said, you know, you could learn a lot because Richard never spoke.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just just a little tip for you there.
0: (laughs) So, yes, there was that sibling thing. (laughs)
2: That's wonderful. Well, now you're going to be, of course, up here again uh, Saturday, March 25th, this Saturday at the Muckleshoot Event Center with a concert. Uh, let's talk about that concert for a moment.
0: Okay. Um, it's, you know, I think a lot of people remember me as a little bit country. Mm-hmm. I will definitely be doing my country hits. Uh, some of them you'll definitely know. And uh, But I'm a lot more diverse musically than my brothers. Um, because I'm doing Broadway, I learned to sing legit soprano, Great American Songbook, I did shows like King and I, Sound of Music, and I'll be doing little highlights of that. I also, uh, my new album um, has five different languages on it. I sing I sing the American Songbook and some Candor and Ebb and things like that, some um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, but I also sing opera, I sing Puccini, I sing a bunch of different things. So you'll be, you'll be having a musical uh, so I think that's the thing that, that I loved that the people loved this last Saturday was that um, it was very diverse, really fun, very quick-moving. I come from a background of, you know, entertainment, and so Sammy Davis Jr. taught me how to walk on a stage, and I worked with Bob Hope and, you know, all these greats. And Sammy Davis Jr. taught me how to walk, you know, do all those things and pacing. And so it's a really fun, quick-moving show. You'll enjoy it.
2: That sounds great. Uh,
1: Marie, could I ask a question here, Eric, real quickly? Go ahead. Can you give us something about Bob Hope that we may, as just being fans of his, do not know, a side of Bob Hope that you got to see?
0: Well, Bob was amazing, and I learned so much from him. You know, I did many USO tours with him, and... um, and and it's it was so wonderful. I even was honored by General Mattis with the with the award that they give the highest award for civilians. And that was only because of Bob, because he got me hooked at a very young age in serving. But with Bob, I'll tell you one thing about him. So they didn't have computers back then. And down in his basement, he had the largest stat. I mean just just row after row after row after row after row of filing cabinets. And it would be like jokes I told in nineteen, you know, sixty, jokes I told in nineteen <laughs> da da da. Uh, blonde jokes, redhead jokes, dad-a-da-da jokes, and he would always keep on the card the last time he told it so that he wouldn't retell the same jokes he was He was brilliant and the mm-hmm. sweetest guy on the planet. He was like a second dad to me and, uh, and and my children he loved he would send you know birth gifts and i mean just him and Doris they were Dolores they were both beautiful people
1: thank you for that. appreciate
2: that it's amazing
0: yeah, was, I don't know if that's interesting, but i I found it quite fascinating. It
2: is interesting. Oh, yeah, I it, do. I yeah, find it. For sure, yeah. for sure. And it, and it, again, gives us the full scope of who you are and, and your journey. And I think if you have that in your mind as you're watching the concert, it only makes it a little more richer. You know, I was talking to Paul about the fact that your variety show, Donnie Marie, was the headliner at Flamingo Hotel. Neither of us knew this for this long of time. I knew you were big there, but I didn't know from 2008 to 2019. So, essentially, this is the most performances by a singing act in Vegas history, if I'm not mistaken
0: yeah you know when we left there uh Caesars which was the entertainment group they said that Donnie and I had done more shows than Celine Dion and Elvis Presley combined wow that's just huge isn't that crazy no idea and we were going to go to 10 years and uh we were taking a bow and I said to Donnie I said let's go to 11 (laughs) and he started laughing and he said because it's one more I don't know if you've seen Spinal Tap oh
2: yeah Spinal Tap
0: but but that's why we did 11 years there.
2: That's great. That's great. Well, I'm we just
0: were supposed to be there for 6 weeks, so it was really it was a wonderful it was a wonderful time.
2: Well, you talk faith, you talk family. Is there something else though you're doing to stay so energized because I would love to know that secret. I how do you how do you stay so spirited concert after concert?
0: You know, honestly, I love people. I I don't know. I was I was the girl that helped my mother with all the fan mail and my brothers were, you know, in the 70s and and I I was an observer. But I really do love people. I just literally got off an interview. I think one of the things I'm most that I'm most proud of, I guess, that my grandchildren will be I, 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 that I would like to be remembered for by them. Not, not the singing and the you know all that stuff. But I'm one of the founders of Children's Miracle Network mm-hmm. Hospitals. It's the charity where you see the hot air balloon, and we are we have now raised over eight billion dollars for children and their families. 100% of it going to the kids. And staying in the local area to go to their local children's hospitals and it's just the coolest charity because it treats everything from accident victims, muscle diseases, blood disease, premature babies, I mean whatever it might be, tonsillectomy. These hospitals are last on government funding and so what we do is help them provide care for children and and I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things I do. That gives that gives you tons of energy for me anyway, when I know that I'm helping someone.
2: That's good for the soul, for sure. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on past success, and and welcome back to the Northwest. Uh, Paul, any final words before we say goodbye to Marie?
1: Well, just say uh, thanks uh, for coming here and wish you very well, and it's been a pleasure. Very much so. Well,
0: come see the show because you're going to have fun, I promise you. The opening number, you'll see six decades of video. It's just super fun, and from there it just goes up.
2: That sounds wonderful. So
0: it will be very entertaining. I'm not doing a lot of shows anymore, but uh the ones that I'm doing, uh you know, they're super fun and like my new album debuted number 1 on Billboard and so uh like I said just come we'll, we'll, it'll be a plethora of fun and laughs. It's I'm very interactive with the audience, so you'll have a great time.
2: Definitely plan on being there. Thanks again, Marie. Congratulations.
0: Oh, it's so fun to talk to you guys. I'm looking forward to it.
2: You as well. Take care. Thank you. All
0: right. Well, wow, uh-huh. was... thank you.
2: That was great, Paul. I love love talking with her. What a wonderful person.
1: Well, why don't you uh, talk about uh, the show again to give that time
2: out? Sure, sure. I'll give that one more time. Saturday, March 25th. Saturday, March 25th at the Muckleshoot Event Center. You want to buy tickets, check out muckleshootcasino.com. And we have a special offer, don't we, Paul? We're going to give away some tickets. Okay, let's yeah, get so to let's it. Yeah, so let's do it. So the same phone number that uh, you gave out earlier, 425-653-1166, is the number to call right now, 425-653-1166. The first five callers to that phone number that give their name, spell it out, and their phone number will get a pair of tickets to this Saturday show. That's pretty dang good.
1: And that would be we will call at the show, right?
2: Correct. That's why we need you to spell out your name and, and speak clearly, and we'll call to confirm that's why we need your phone number. Again, call 425-653-1166 if you want to see Marie Osman in concert.
1: Okay. So uh, let's do a little bumper music and we'll come back, Eric, your next interview.
2: Sounds great. Hi, this is Eric Rima. Welcome to this edition of Spotlight on Success, part of the Voices of Experience radio program. You hear right here on Kixie AM 880 each week, along with KKW AM 1150, and of course, where you find your favorite podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is going to be a fun interview. I have uh, in studio with me via Zoom, Howie Cohen. He's Associate Category Manager with Bartell Drugs and Rite Aid. And we're gonna talk all about I'm going to say this slowly so you can get it, Bark Tells Pet Supply Drive. I think it's a great name and a great idea. How are you doing, Howie? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, this I, I love all things animal, and and this is great that you're raising money uh, for uh, local um, humane societies and uh, shelters and, and whatnot. So we'll talk about that. But first, let's get people a little familiar with you and your own love of animals.
5: Uh, well, I'm a Pacific Northwest native, uh, born and raised here in the Puget Sound, uh, and I've been with Bartels for 38 years, so I've seen... Uh,
2: I saw that on your bio. You've been there since, uh, what, college?
5: Since college, yeah. This is my part-time <laughs> job to get a little money for
2: college. and Isn't that funny how, that, how that worked
5: out? Nice. Yeah, 38 years later,
2: still working on that. You worked your way up from part-time cashier. That's amazing. Congratulations. My first, uh, or one of my first jobs was a cashier at Ernst. So you being a long time resident, you probably remember the Ernst. I, but I last. Ernst. I-, I remember Malmo. Oh, Malmo. Yeah, absolutely. But I lasted all of about four hours because I just was the world's worst <laughs> cashier. They put me back in lumber, but that's a whole nother story. Let's talk about your, your uh, stint here or your tenure, I should say, with Bartels. As you've worked your way up, you're now a category manager. What is that exactly?
5: Uh, it's managing the assortment and products that are in the stores and in the promotions. Um, and with uh, Bartel Drugs, I had specific general merchandise categories. So it included things like toys and pet um. You know, I call them the fun categories. Okay. Uh, you know, there's the there's the drugstore categories, the need stuff you need. You know, everybody needs man acid once in a while, but the <laughs> pets and toys <laughs> is the fun stuff. And See, I work what? on that now with uh, Rite Aid as well. So I sort of manage, uh, you know, help Rite Aid manage the the Bartell business here in the Puget Sound area.
2: Well, and that is big, big business, all things pets in in the retail industry. Uh, And there's always sort of a new product or a a new thing coming out. I know my wife doesn't like me going down that aisle because I always end up getting our little dog uh, some sort of a treat, usually like a little stuffed toy, you know? Yeah. Uh, So, but that's fun. You're right. It's it's the fun aisle. Um, Okay. So obviously you have a lot of experience in pet supplies. And now there's a need that has been seen by Bartels and Rite Aid, and I'm sure yourself, in the local community to sort of help out those animals who may not have access to this great stuff. And so uh, Bartels through Bartels has decided to uh, do a pet supply drive. Let's talk about that.
5: Yeah. So we, uh, this is our second year doing this and uh, it's just a, it's a great new addition to the programs we do where we raise funds uh, in the stores to, uh, purchase products to donate to uh, various shelters throughout Puget Sound uh, just to help them uh, have the products they need to take care of the animals until they can find their homes.
2: And I know you're uh, partnering with one of our sister stations here, Warm 106.9. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. working Worked Wonderful. with them over the years quite a bit. Well, Bartels is certainly sort of a local legend here. Uh, people love it. It's one of those things. It's one of those businesses that, uh, uh sort of synonymous with the the northwest so uh, i'm sure there's some pride on your part for working with that and now you're partnered up too with uh rite aid
5: yep and this okay. is honestly this is my favorite part of the job hands down uh, is always getting to work on these local programs that have a real impact in the community uh i, I just I love doing them and and uh, Loving pets in the various shelters around here as well, too, is, is even more so. So it takes that love of the programs to another level because it's just kind of ticks all the boxes for me on doing something for the community.
2: Well, here's a, a pun warning. Uh, we are getting toward the tail end <laughs> of uh, of this uh, this actual event. It's It's been a month long uh, venture for uh, Bartels, uh, March 1st through the 31st. So there's still time. And that's why it's important. So obviously, you've had some success already these past couple of weeks, and now as we head into the end, there there is still that great need. Let's talk about the the need that is out there, um, and then your partner shelters and humane uh, and humane societies uh, that you're involved in.
5: Well, there's always a need for the shelters in our community. That's this an ongoing struggle all the time on having enough resources to take care of the animals and and uh, you know remain uh viable for for keeping all the animals well fed and, and healthy. And uh, you know, with issues like, you know, very economic struggles or companies doing layoffs, there's even more of a need than ever just to help take care of the animals. So we really want to push as hard as we can here in March to do as much fundraising for them as we can.
2: And we kind of mentioned the fun things with pets. For me, it's the toys. I love giving my dog a toy, although she plays with it for like three days, and that's she's done. She's moved on to the next one. But uh, there's so much more that's really out there as far as a need. Obviously, food. Food, Um, absolutely. Yeah, and pet treats, helping them feel uh, welcome and special while they're uh, waiting for their forever homes. And then pet toys, as I mentioned. Uh, But other things like cat litter and puppy pads and- those
5: are probably the two biggest ones right there, cat mm. litter and puppy pads. I mean, you go through so much of that both at home and in a shelter. And uh, and the shelters, you know, as anyone who has a cat knows changing litter on a cat is challenging to say the least. So the shelters right. need to have different kinds of litter for the cats to be able to not have an extra level of stress while they're in the shelters. So it's a lot to do to take care of them.
2: Well and I know Partel right eight customers are and Warm 106.9 listeners are big about this. They're big about family and they're big about community and animals inside the community. So I know they're out there uh helping out. Uh, there's always more to be done though. Also cash. Cash is also uh, sort of an easy thing to give for people. Talk about how that works at the uh say at the cash register.
5: Yeah, and that's really the easiest thing to do. I for sure. We uh we just as you're at the register, you can just donate cash and it's just added on to uh, to the sale for the day and it goes straight to the shelters.
2: Perfect, perfect. So, again, if you're just joining us, this is Spotlight on Success. I'm speaking with Howie Cohen. He's Associate Category Manager for Bartel Drugs, Right Aid. We're talking about the Bartel's Pet Supply Drive, which uh, there's still plenty of time to donate things like food, pet treats, pet toys, cat litter, puppy pads, and so much more that go into keeping these animals safe and healthy while they're in shelter waiting for their forever homes. But of course, cash at one of the 65 locations, that's an easy way to do it. Even if you're just sort of rounding up, you know, uh, you get you get a bill at the at the cash register for just to say six dollars and fifty cents. Make it make it up to ten, and and that money goes then to one of your partnering shelters. Let's talk about those shelters. Who are they, and and uh, where are they located? Um, I, know we few- ha- I know we have Auburn Valley uh, Auburn Valley Humane Society. So that's obviously in in Auburn. Yeah, it, I know. It, go ahead.
5: Yeah, go ahead uh, A Seattle, uh, Seattle Humane Society is one of them again.
2: Yeah, which is a big one and then pause. So really going kind to of go to the gamut from national to very very local. Uh, regional animal services of King County and then I haven't heard of this one but I'm going to check it out Dog Gone. That's DOG Gone Seattle. So uh, I may check that one out just to to learn a little bit more about it.
5: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a nice cross section of different shelters throughout the region. So it's good we try and cover the Puget Sound region as a whole.
2: Now, your family sort of like our family in that you uh, really pride yourselves on uh, when you add an, an, uh, an animal to the family, it's usually coming from a shelter situation, correct? Correct. Yeah, because that need is just huge.
5: Yeah, yeah, every animal we have had has been from a shelter.
2: Yeah, same here. Same here. And there's special challenges, of course. A lot of the, kind of the unknown as to what was going on with that animal. But if you want to help ensure local animals have the best shot of a great forever home and a halfway, uh, I would say, decent experience while they're waiting for that home, make sure they have the food, make sure they have some some little pet treats and maybe some toys to play with while they're waiting. Uh, check out the Bartels Pet Supply Drive. You can go to any one of the 65 locations, or how about this website, Barteldrugs with an S.com. Check out the website, Bartel, that's with two L's, drugs.com to learn more. Uh, Howie, thanks so much for your time today and all the efforts that you're putting in there with your, uh, your, your company, not only Bartels and Rite Aid, but also these, these wonderful partners you've aligned with.
5: Thank you very much for having me, and thanks for helping spread the word take care of the fur babies.
2: Let's do it. Let's get it done. And thank you folks for listening to this edition of Spotlight on Success, part of the Voices of Experience radio show, heard weekly on Kixie 880 AM and KKNW 1150 AM. If you love animals, if you love having them in your home, please check out the Tells Pet Supply Drive, become part of it and make a difference. We'll talk to you next week. Well, again, we are out of time for
1: today. Again, it went very quickly, and we want to thank all the guests today. They were wonderful, and uh, I want to thank, again, Eric Crema, Eric Ryder, and Benny Mathers for helping pull this all together. Eric, before we close out, we have got uh, some tickets already given away for uh, Marie Osmond. Uh, Let's close that out if we can.
2: Yeah, we just have a shot at two more pair. 425-653-1166 is the number. 425-653-1166 if you want to see if you can win a pair of tickets to see Marie Osmond this Saturday at 8 p.m. at Muckleshoot Event Center. Leave your name, spell it out, and your phone number, and if you're you're one of the next two callers, you're going to get a pair of tickets.
1: That's great. So um any comments about what you heard today, you can call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425 653 Any suggestions for future shows, that would be great. We're wide open to your opinions on that. 425-653-1166. Now Voices of Experience airs on Kixie Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a simulcast with Hubbard Sister Station, KKNW AM 1150. And uh Voices of Experience is rebroadcast on Kixie on Sunday at 11 a.m. Next week, we're going to have a conversation about water. I interviewed this woman about three years ago, and we we're talking about the scarcity of water everywhere. And I think we're losing sight maybe that because of all the rain we've had in the West Coast and around the country, it's still a crisis. Let's put it that way. And we talk about that. And we'll bring Jack Kavanaugh back on the air. We'll we'll bring him on the air because we kind of bumped him today because Maria Osmond came on the show. And what a delightful person. I really enjoyed that. Great job bringing her on, Eric.
2: Thank you. Quote uh, of the week,
1: hindsight is everyone's favorite perspective. Andy Benoit. This week's Timeless Classic coming up next. This week's Timeless Classic was a single first released and performed by a solo artist but failed at the charts in Britain. It was re-recorded by another British group in April of 1964 and climbed to the top ten. Like the Beatles, this group came from Liverpool and they were also managed by George Martin. I had no idea that George Martin managed any other band other than the Beatles. Guess you learn something every day. It was performed first in the United States on, where else, the Ed Sullivan Show. This group had a number of hits, but not one greater than their first. From May of 1964, Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying by Jerry and the Pacemakers.
4: Don't let the sun
3: the nighttime shadows
5: disappear And with them go all your tears all the morning will bring joy For every girl
3: and boy So don't let the sun Catch you crying